0: Don't you just hate it when you wake up in the middle of a good dream? Not just wake up. Don't you hate it when you wake up? No. (laughs) Don't you hate it when you wake up in the middle of a really good dream? Do you ever catch yourself thinking, if I could just go back to sleep, really quick, maybe, maybe it'll pick up where it left off. I mean, come on. You've thought, you've thought that before. You have, right? And it's because, I mean, unless it's a bad dream, obviously, then, then we don't, or if it's crazy, sometimes they're just crazy, but sometimes the feeling that we get, the the the. the that dream causes us and we wake up and it seems very real. It is so real that, that we can sense that we are, we're believing it. We are, we're in it, man. We, and we want to go back to sleep to recapture that feeling. We want to we continue that feeling. I remember I was around 10 years old And I had a dream, a very vivid dream that I can recall to this day. Now, I'm getting old, okay? So that's a long time in between 10 years old and where I am today. So it had to be an impactful dream. But I'll never forget, we actually were not home. We were visiting some relatives on my dad's side of the family and I had this dream, and in my dream, my two brothers, Dan and Mark, and I were in the back of my parents' Toyota station wagon. And the seat was folded down, and we were sitting kind of in that flat area, and and we were kind of facing each other, and all of a sudden, we heard the sound of a trumpet. And I remember looking up into the sky, the garage doors open, I can look up in, and I see the figure of Jesus in the clouds. I'm 10 years old. And like electricity going through us, simultaneously, all three of us prayed the fastest sinner's prayer that you could ever imagine on the face of the earth. (laughs) And then as quickly as it happened, it was over. And there was silence. And we looked at each other and we realized that we had missed the return of Jesus Christ. our parents were gone in fact we became homeless overnight searching for a place to have shelter you might say man that's that's pretty intense it was intense for a 10 year old i woke up scared to death i was panicked Maybe you've never heard of, of that before, but in 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. My dream agreed with scripture. Okay. This was a dream from God. This was something that I knew that God was speaking to me. Have you ever wondered if you missed the return of Jesus? Have you ever had a dream that you missed the return of Jesus? If you did, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, telling you, it's time to get right with him. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, that's it. That's it. Dreams can have a profound impact on us. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, we read what is the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2 in the Old Testament. And it says this In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now, the difference between visions and dreams, we're not going to get too deep into it, but obviously a dream is while we're sleeping, and a dream can be from God, and a vision in the Greek, the Greek word there refers to the full activity of spiritual power. So while you're awake, you are seeing something that is not in our current reality, but it has the full activity of spiritual power in it. God is in it. Over the last you know, 20 plus years, I, I preached a lot of messages on the Great Commission. But we're going to look at it in a little different way this morning, and I want to start by looking at Saul's vision of the Messiah. Not, well, he, he became known as Paul, but he started out as Saul. In Acts chapter 9, it tells us about this man, Saul of Tarsus. And in my devotions, I, I, I'm reading through the book of Acts, and I just read about Stephen, the first martyr in the church, and how the young man that was there giving approval and basically overseeing uh, the, the stoning of Stephen was this, this young man named Saul. And it says in, in, in chapter 6, it says that, the, that immediately after this, after they stoned Stephen, uh, an intense persecution breaks out in Jerusalem against Christians. So much so that they, except for the apostles they they left jerusalem they moved out of the city and they they moved throughout judea and samaria and other parts of that region it became so intense and saul took took this he, there was a like he had marching orders in fact he sought permission and he was given permission to pursue these people and he did so headed to the city of damascus and he's on the road And while he's on the road, he has an encounter with Jesus Christ. He has a vision that has real sound to it. The Bible says that the people that were traveling with him heard the voice just as he did. And that voice was speaking to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul had a vision of Jesus Christ. Saul had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He saw a bright light. He talks with Jesus. Those that were traveling with him heard those words, and Saul, as a result of the bright light, he is blinded, and they have to lead him into Damascus. And I want to read from Acts chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 10 through 12 I'm going to say a couple comments, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 17. So starting in verse 10, it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. I want you to notice that both of these men have had visions. Ananias' vision was a little bit different. Ananias is saying, "Uh, Lord, this is a bad dude. Okay? He's arresting people, he's putting them in prison. He has been overseeing the death of Christians. I don't know if I really should go see this guy. Ananias and Saul both have visions, and God tells Ananias that he has chosen Paul, Saul rather, he has chosen him to proclaim the gospel, and he has shown him the kind of suffering that he will endure. Now let's drop down to verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, Ananias found that everything that God spoke to him in his vision was as it said. He found everything to be true. Saul, in his vision, also found that everything that God spoke to him also was true that a man named Ananias would come, lay hands on him, and he would receive his sight. And indeed, it happened. That's one of the ways that we know that a vision is from God. That is, if it actually happens the way the vision says. And also, we we cannot forget that it must line up according to God's word. Because God does not speak something that is different than his word. But this vision was so profound, it altered the course of history. It altered the course of history. Not just Saul's life. It altered the course of history. The Bible that you hold so precious, much of the New Testament was written by that man who was blinded on that road to Damascus. Well, I want you to know something. God is still moving. I'll say it again, because some of you didn't hear me. God is still moving. He is still, still encountering people today. James Bradford, who's a pastor of Central Assembly in Springfield, Missouri, he heard the testimony of a Muslim man who had a dream. And in this vision, He saw Jesus on the cross. And his view of Jesus on the cross, it shifts from a a, a head-on vision and it goes around to the side. And it's like it's a 360 thing. It goes even around to the backside of the cross. And you think to yourself, why why would would God give someone a vision about the backside of the cross? Because what we need to see is Jesus hanging on the cross, right? On the backside of the cross, in this man's vision, there was a phone number written. And after the vision, this man was so curious. He was so stunned, so intrigued that he thought, I'm going to call that number. And he called that phone number. And on the other end, someone actually picked up, and it was a follower of Christ who explained to him, a Muslim, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dick Brogdon, who's the area director for the Arab world for Assemblies of God Missions, he tells of a devout Sudanese Muslim. He was, a, he was fiercely fundamentalist and, and when his family or friends would, would convert to following Jesus, he would persecute them mercilessly. And this man had a dream. And in his dream, he sees Jesus And Jesus is walking toward him and Jesus has his cross with him. And he draws closer and closer to the man. And then in a a sudden movement, Jesus takes the cross and whacks the guy in the head. The guy is startled awake. It's like having a dream that you're falling and you wake up and your heart is beating really fast, this guy wakes up and he is just, he is like panicked and he's thought to himself, this is a demonic dream that I've had. And he's, he's really worried about it. So he decides to, to uh, recite some Islamic uh, rituals so that it will ward off the evil spirits and then he finally falls back asleep. After he's asleep, he begins to dream once more. And again, just like the first dream, he sees Jesus walking toward him with his cross. And again, at the last second, he smacks the Muslim in the head with the cross this time he wakes up, he, he is, he's trembling, he's shaking with fear. And so he gets out of bed and he does some, some uh, Islamic ceremonial washing and, and he gets ready to get back in bed and he says some more Islamic prayers and rituals, finally goes back to bed, is finally able to go back to sleep. And you guessed it, third time. He has the same dream. Jesus, the cross, and whack! And he wakes up, and he says, there must be something to this Jesus. So the next day, he makes a phone call, and he calls a cousin of his, tells the cousin of his dream And he says, help me understand who Jesus is. So the two begin to study the Bible together. And this Muslim man, he believed. He accepted Jesus. He became a follower of Jesus. And now is the leader of one of the underground churches in his community. The area director of Central Eurasia, Ed Nye, one of our missionaries, he said that 50% of Muslims that are converted do so as the result of having a dream about Jesus. You say, well, why? why, why do, that doesn't make sense. Why doesn't Jesus just send someone to them and empower them to do miracles Great, great, incredible miracles and they'll see that and they'll believe that. Well, you see, in the Quran, it speaks of Jesus and Jesus is a prophet in the Quran and the prophet Jesus does miracles. No big deal. But the Quran was given to the prophet Muhammad in a vision. And so... To the Muslim people, visions and dreams carry an incredible amount of weight. Jesus continues to work. I want to show you a a two minute video of a missionary couple that has stood here where I stand and spoken to you in person. They're missionaries to Thailand. Let's show that video.
1: Hey, Silver Creek Church, we are the Powell family, your missionaries serving in Thailand. We have been back here in Thailand since the beginning of summer and are finally all settled back into our routines here. We can't thank you enough for partnering with us to not only launch back to Thailand, but also to stay here and continue Advancing the kingdom of heaven in this nation where most people have never heard the name of Jesus yet.
2: Over the summer, a few weeks into being back in country, we met with one of the only churches in a province in central Thailand. We built a strong relationship with them, and we will be working with this church this fall to share the gospel with people who have never heard the gospel before. Get this one of the schools we will be doing an outreach at actually invited us to extend an invitation to students to become christians this is unprecedented and we personally haven't seen favor like this in a school before among non-christians
1: we have heard lots of stories recently about people having dreams of a man in white clothing coming to visit them The Holy Spirit is moving in powerful ways as a result of prayer warriors like you. Will you pray that every place we visit this fall, that people's hearts and minds would be already prepared?
2: We do all of our ministry based out of the International Church here in Bangkok, and God is opening doors left and right for us and our team to meet needs among the Thai homeless community refugees from persecuted nations and victims of human trafficking in the red lights.
1: Thank you for partnering with us to advance God's kingdom.
2: We are honored and blessed to be sent by you guys.
0: Did you catch that? We're hearing stories of many people who are having dreams of a man in white God is still moving I didn't ask them to tell us that that was their message to us and I heard it just as you did after my message was done after I wrote This message. So the question is, what can we do? What can we do? Let me share quickly several things. And I want to start just by reading Jesus' words from Matthew 28 Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age the first thing that we can do in fulfilling the great commitment, or the great commission, rather, is pray. Pray. Russ Mitchell said this, pray is the front line, uh, prayer for the frontline worker is the best form of support. Dick Eastman says this, no other way can the believer become as fully involved in God's work, especially the work of world evangelism as in intercessory prayer. What can we do? We can pray. But it doesn't end there. We can also give. Our missionaries could not stay on the field for, for beyond a month, maybe two more, if it weren't for those who support them. Individuals which really make up churches, which send their support on a monthly basis, above and beyond their tithes, to say, I want to fuel the vision of the gospel around the world. You say, I, I don't have, I don't have much. Friends, compared to the rest of the world, we have it all. Paul said of the Macedonians that they, they welled up in rich generosity even out of their tremendous poverty. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8.12, if the willingness is there, the gift of it is acceptable according to what has, not according to what one does not have. And the third thing that we can do is we can go. We can go The word go, it means to travel, to journey, to go, and to die. We can go. Paul had a vision of a Macedonian man. Paul was already on a missions trip. And he has a a vision of a Macedonian man saying, Please come here, come here, share the gospel. Paul got up the next day and said, It's time to go. It's time to go. What does that mean for you and for me? Earlier in Jesus' ministry in Matthew 16, verse 24, he says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. It's time for the church to be willing to get out of our comfort zone and go. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, and I close with this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent How many times does Jesus have to whack us on the head with the cross in order for us to get the message? It's time for us to take Jesus seriously. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. I want you to bow your heads. I'm not going to think that Jesus could not be appearing to you in your dreams. Maybe he's saying, I came and I died for you. I died for your sin. Maybe what he is said to you and appeared to you is that I'm calling you into ministry I'm calling you to be one of my sent ones whatever that looks like but if you sense that God has been appearing to you speaking to you whether in a vision whether in a dream or whether simply the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart if that's you I want you to slip up your hand oh yeah Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Here's what we're going to do, folks. The worship team is going to lead us in that song, Waymaker. And if you are one of those people that raised your hand, I want you to make a beeline for this altar. And there are going to be people that come in around you and they are going to pray over you. And they are going to lift you up. They're going to pray that this dream will become manifest. They're going to pray that the dream that God has been speaking in your heart will be exactly as what you find out in reality. Marie, I want you to lead us. If you raise your hand, I want you to come. And I want others to come behind you and lay their hands on you and pray. Do not hesitate. Do not think, well, he must be talking about, not about me. We are talking exactly about you today because you've already said, God has spoken to me. Marie, lead us. You come. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that these visions, these dreams, these things that the Holy Spirit has impressed on these hearts, God, I pray that they would be confirmed. I pray, God, that they would be fully supported by your word. And God, I pray that you would alter the course of history through these visions, through these dreams. God, I thank you today that you are still working, that you are still moving. Even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, we know that our God is still moving, amen? We know that our God is still moving. Father, I pray, bring it to pass today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. How many of you believe that God is good? amen indeed he is god is doing some great things you can expect great things when god is moving thank you for being here today i hope that you will come and enjoy coffee and something sweet to snack on and fellowship with one another god bless you and have a wonderful day